Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a b- But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy updates. And welcome to weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Joe Galina, and I am joined by my friend, uh, George Kurtz. George, how's it going? You know, Joe, I, I think you should be ashamed of yourself, Joe. Why? I think, I think you should absolutely be ashamed of yourself, because this show is about 38 seconds long now, and you're not, you have not mentioned the royal wedding. Just, and just I haven't, terrible. And I, haven't, I haven't mentioned Yanni or Laurel either. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going. What is going? I've seen that. I don't know what's going on there. Am I that that out of touch? Something of a. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess you can you can hear one or the man. other. You yeah, know, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll freely admit that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really wasn't into it either. This Yanni versus Laurel. By the way, I want to welcome back uh, JP, our producer, uh, back uh, with us again this summer. Uh, JP's a young guy. JP, were you into the whole uh, Yanni or Laurel thing? I heard about it. Definitely not interested in it, though. <laughs> it's just another way of just, you know, uh, distracting us from what's going on in the real world, I guess, right? Could not agree more. It is absolutely useless information, <laughs> and people are just crazy about it. Right. Well, uh, George, I, I don't know too much about it, but I think somebody put some uh, kind of audio on, on YouTube, and uh, depending on, I guess, what you were using to listen to the audio. You either heard Yanni or Laurel. I mean, like I said, I, I, I really could care less. But uh, the Royal Wedding, I, I was I, I just, a, I'm a natural uh, early riser. So uh, I, I have to admit, <laughs> I did turn it on. As I was, really? Yeah. yeah Why? Who Why? the hell cares? It's not like I set my alarm. You know, to to watch it, but but you, you know, you're right. I mean, these royals uh, don't care about you. They don't know you. But uh, it's just, I guess, it's kind of interesting just to see how another culture uh, reacts to their leaders. I mean, you know, I don't want to get too heavy into politics, but you know, uh, so much. Uh, so many issues regarding uh, well, uh, the popularity of our current president, but you had people like lining the streets uh, after this couple, uh, Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle, got married, just like lined up just to cheer them on. I mean, uh, if if uh, you know if Donald Trump's daughter got married or whatnot, I, I don't think that people would be lining up the streets to uh, to wish her well. I mean, uh, Prince Harry. I was going to say Prince William, so damn, I guess I had that I wrong. think it's Harry, right? Yeah, the, the redhead. I have but. no idea. Uh, <laughs> sure, it's a prince. What do I care? Uh, and I know Meghan Markle, I know from uh, the television Suits, series Suits, right? which I actually watch, and I thought she was good on it. Yeah, it was a good, good show. Good show. The New York mm-hmm. City show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm uh, sorry to see her, and uh, I don't know the guy's name who plays Mike. <laughs> they both left uh, the show, so uh, yay. But uh, this, I, I'm shocked. 
Mm. All right, we haven't been with England in 250 years. I don't care. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, listen, you go, kids. Get married. Hope everything works out for you. You know, have lots mm-hmm. of babies, whatever. I don't care. I'm not gonna. I don't like going to weddings of people I know. Right. Okay. Right, I've left right, weddings right. early many a time here, right. either to go for football games or to go play something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, weddings just bore the crap out of me. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I just don't get it. You know, I think what they spent 83 billion on this wedding. 83 billion. <laughs> or 83 million. I'm sorry. Not a billion. Uh, that'd yeah. be a lot. Yeah, billion sounded uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but billion's uh, well, okay. Ho- well, hopefully, at least you're getting lobster uh, as an entree if you're spending 83 billion or something. No? Uh, <laughs> no, you get chicken, man. You get the rubber chicken. That's what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like I actually, like I said, set my alarm or was really focused on it. It was on in the background. But, uh, sure, just, you did. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But what a week it's been uh, it, just in sports in general, right? And just to let uh, our listeners know, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of fantasy baseball talk. Uh, try to do an hour of uh, fantasy uh, football as well, middle of the show. And, uh, you know, basically we're a quarter into the baseball season, George. Uh, Might have just passed just slightly over, but uh, we're going to take a look back, maybe uh, take a look at uh, fantasy and reality of the baseball season. What what a season it's been. I mean, uh, you and I both live in the Northeast. I mean, it's just, it do- does not stop raining. <laughs> no, the weather's been brutal. I mean, it's either uh, it's rain or it's cold or it's windy. Right. right. I mean, once again today, I believe Washington, <laughs> they haven't played since Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, even that wasn't an official game. It's just a suspended game. So they really haven't had an official game since last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think today's going to be a wipeout as well. As I think last I heard, there was a 90% chance of rain in D.C. again. Yeah. So uh, there are going to be a lot of doubleheaders in the second half. You know, I know the Yankees have two next month. There's going to be uh, – it's going to be stretching the rosters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be an intriguing second half of baseball. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing they got those uh, – they started the season a little earlier and got those extra off days, right? Because they're really going to come into play, like you said, in the second half. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll be talking uh, about that, uh, trying to figure out who's available on the on the waiver wire for you. And I'm going to tell you, just with so many injuries uh, as well, and, and I don't know how much you could blame uh, these injuries on uh, on the weather, you know, on the on the cold, or is it just our imagination that there seems to be more injuries uh, compared to previous seasons? I mean, you know, we still have uh, the second year of that 10-day DL, which uh, you know the ball clubs have been uh, been using uh, frequently, just to sometimes even just to give their starting pitchers an extra day off. But uh, do you think that it's in our mind that there are more injuries? But because th- there's been a, a litany of them this week. Oh, no, there have been more. Uh, the 10-day yeah. DL is a big reason why. Mm-hmm. I specifically for, uh, for pitchers, because let's face it, if you do it at the right time, he's only going to miss one start. If right. you get a day off in there, it's, it's only one start he's missing, so there's no reason to take a chance now. He's got a hangnail, he's got any, any kind of soreness, deal him. You know, put him on a deal, let's play it safe here. And I don't blame him. I don't blame the owners at all or uh, general managers. He's spending a small fortune on these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, this this kind of talent, you want to protect the arm. I said it's one start in a long season. It does make sense. But I don't think there's any doubt that injuries are up, and it's because of a 10-day deal. You lessened it by a third. So the teams are taking more advantage of it. Now, they, they come to the realization, better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, second hour, I, I want to really get into some uh, fantasy football. Best ball drafts are in full swing. Uh, I know you said last week you were in a uh, dynasty uh, draft. Uh, I'm sure. Th- is it still going on? Is it a slow draft? 
Um, it might still be going on, but my uh, my draft is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I finished a couple of days ago, but I didn't mm-hmm. have the. It's only a, it's a dynasty draft. It's a, a league that's already in motion. It's been mm-hmm. about six, seven years or so. So it's only you know, it's only six rounds, and I didn't have a sixth round pick, so I didn't have to worry about the last round. So yay, yay, good for me. Uh, my mm-hmm. part is done. I don't think it's done completely, as I know I've seen some emails, some draft updates, and I know the other conference uh, is a 32-team league, two 16-team conferences. Uh, the other college, which Mike Blewett is in, I know that's not done because Mike sent out an email yesterday saying things have to be sped up a little bit in that yeah. conference. There you go. Uh, do you do uh, many best ball drafts yourself? or uh, I don't do many. depends on when you're different. I'll do some. Yeah, you know, I'll definitely do some. Best balls. I mean, it's easier. Draft it and leave, mm-hmm. leave it. That's pretty much all you can do in right. most of these uh, best balls. You don't have a, a waiver wire period, so you're just drafting and going. So it does make it easier uh, to handle, especially with someone who's going to play in a lot of leagues, which I probably will. I try and calm down each year, you know, not to play in as many. But best ball I like because, like I said, I don't Set have to worry it about and the waiver wire. Right. Yeah. I don't have to worry also, about doing my fab, and that's right. uh, that comes in handy greatly. And this time of year, it also, you know, if you've been focusing on other fantasy sports like baseball or basketball or whatnot, uh, it'll re-familiarize yourself with uh, some of the names uh, again, right? And uh, we've got some uh, early ADPs coming uh, to you the second hour from the MFL uh, My Fantasy League drafts that have been going on. But uh, some big stories this week. The uh, Supreme Court Monday ruled that the national ban on sports betting is unconstitutional. So now individual states could uh, legalize gambling within their uh, within their borders. So uh, New Jersey is going to be the uh, first state that's going to uh, allow sports betting. Uh, where do you stand on this? Or how do you think it affects basically, we'll say, you know, we're a fantasy sports uh, network uh, in part, right? So how do you think it's going to affect the fantasy industry? Oh, I think it's a good thing. It'll mm-hmm. get more people interested in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're going to have more eyeballs on games. Because people, even people have no interest. You know, you, a Braves, uh, you know, a Braves-Padres game, but maybe you're uh, putting a couple of bucks on uh, the Braves, uh, plus mm-hmm. 160, whatever it might be. You know, so you get more eyeballs on the games. It won't be, it won't, I don't know if it'll lead to more fans. Maybe it will eventually for people mm-hmm. who normally wouldn't. Watch the games, but now they're going to be putting, uh, you know, play some money on the games. They'll become a fan of that team or something mm-hmm. like that. But I think it's good for the industry. I said I'm a big believer in you let the people police themselves. I understand that it could lead to some bad things, some addictions, but you know, people are doing it anyway, and mm-hmm. they're doing it, you know, uh, probably illegally, you know, with bookies and all that. So why not make it legal? Why not? Why not put it up the open, tax it? Mm-hmm. You know, you tax it, get that uh, that revenue going. You can put it into whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, wherever you want to put that into, uh, what kind of programs. So um, I think it should have been legal. I think there's a few things I think should be legal. Once again, I think people should police themselves more than anything else. Uh, so uh, I'm for it. I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be good all around. I, like I said, I do understand there'll be some bad things. The addiction problems could happen sure. here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll find out that you know a game was rigged or something like that. I, I honestly don't really worry about that at the pro level all that much. These mm-hmm. guys are making so much money anyway. It's just, it's generally not worth it. But uh, you know, uh, like I said I'm sure bad things will come out of. It, but in the end, yes, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. So New Jersey will probably be first, uh, I think within a couple of weeks, really, uh, to uh, have a venue for you to uh, make a bet. Uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, close by, uh, close second. I think they're in the process of also setting up uh, a venue where you could uh, place a sports bet, and then uh, New York, Massachusetts soon follows, and it's probably just going to be a national thing. So I'm sure the uh, the uh, 
people in Vegas are not happy. Um, and also, like you mentioned, even organized crime, man. I mean, they're going to be losing out as well. Um, fantasy sports in general. I mean, where do you see like the uh, DFS and the even the season-long fantasy leagues? Uh, do they get affected by this at all? I mean, do you think that season-long leagues are going anywhere? I mean, I kind of don't because, you know, the the whole idea of playing in a, a season-long fantasy league is not only the competition, but also maybe the social aspect as well. I don't think season-long leagues will go anywhere because a lot mm-hmm. of us are ingrained in those. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think they'll be as popular. We are. Uh, I like to call us the microwave society. We want instant gratification. Yeah. You know, not all of us want to wait six months. To find out if, we want, if we're going to win anything in our leagues. So we, we want to find out right away. That's why DFS took off. Mm-hmm. You find out that night. Hell, if you're playing a day slate, you can find out in a couple of hours if you want or not. So it's just, uh, it's, you know, we could find out right away. Well, it's the same thing with go gambling, right? You put money on a game, you can find out three hours later. Did I win? Did I lose? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you can, yeah, you can play multiple games. You can play, you know, bet on a game at one, bet on a game at four, then bet on a night game. Hell, you can play four mm-hmm. times that night if you really wanted to. You know, one, four, seven, ten, you'll easily have that. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I think we are an instant. We want to know right away. You know, right now, the win, lose. So I think it will hurt somewhat. I don't think it'll kill it by any means. Mm-hmm. But uh, season long, sure, I don't think it's anywhere near as popular as it used to be. How's your season long experience been uh, so far uh, this year? So far, so good. You know, the uh, my home league, I'm in first place, and that's always the league uh, I care go. about the most. Yeah, with your buddies, uh, mm-hmm. your, some family, my brother, my nephew. Uh, I always want to stomp on them. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it uh, always feels good. You know, sent out, I uh, finally got first place. It's a points league. So I finally uh, went into first place last night. First thing I do is send a text to my brother, you know, who was in first place for a long time, saying, you know, that sound you heard was me passing you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's, there's no, uh, you know, nothing, all's fair. All's fair. Trying to win. I tell you, so, I tell you. Uh, I enjoy it. I, felt, uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, I fell out of first place this week in a, a very competitive league, a 15-teamer. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to blame it all on the weather, but with so many games being rained out, I mean, you know, I, had, I have Yankees, I have Nationals on my team, and, and, you know, basically not getting any production. So it's been a little tough. But uh, last week we were talking about some trades. So uh, I actually made two this week. And uh, at the end of the show, we were talking about Shohei Otani. And uh, how I thought that maybe as a pitcher, you know, in a fantasy uh, venue, I mean, he might not be the best guy for your fantasy, your season-long fantasy team anymore as a pitcher. Because basically he's he's a once-a-week guy. You know, he's not going to give you the uh, the two-start weeks. I mean, what he's been doing, though, with, with the bat has been, been something else. But uh, if you have him solely as a uh, starting pitcher, yeah, you're going to get some uh, production out of him, but maybe not as much as you would out of, uh, uh, you know, another starter who has the potential to give you two starts in a week. But I, I made a trade. I traded him because I needed offense for uh, Dozier. Uh, second baseman uh, from the uh, Minnesota Twins. So, I, I mean, I like uh, Dozier as a uh, second half. He always does a little bit better in the second half. Very streaky, too. Give you some power, give you some speed. What do you think of the deal? Fairly even? I'd say it's fairly. Dozier's second half numbers are generally where he puts up the stats. So you mm-hmm. do have to be patient with him. Uh, I'm going to say it's frustrating. I own Dozier in a league or two as well, and I'm waiting mm-hmm. it out. And, when, and uh, I don't think you'd be surprised this happened. It happens quite often with him. Uh, it's late May now. We're hoping this starts to rebound probably within the next couple of weeks where he starts to turn it on here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Otani, you, you already said it. You know, if he was a pitcher, he's one game a week. 
You know, mm-hmm. that, that's frustrating. And you have to wonder how he's uh, what's going to happen as he builds up the innings. You know, mm-hmm. he's never, he will never pitch this many innings in any professional uh, season. So you wonder about that as well. Uh, not that I'm uh, poo-pooing. I'm not. I think he's I think he's been very good. I think he's actually mm-hmm. better than very good. So yeah. I think he'll be a top ten starting pitcher. But it is frustrating that he's in a six-man rotation. Maybe mm-hmm. that changes eventually. But if they do change that, well, maybe that hurts his performance then. Mm-hmm. To get the, to lose a, a day of rest, so you don't know. So uh, I like what you you did there. I don't mind it at all. Pitching for hitting, I think it's it's a fair deal both ways. If mm-hmm. I had to choose uh, in a vacuum, I'm probably going Dozier because I mm-hmm. do believe the second half uh, run is coming here. Yeah. But uh, I don't like I said I don't mind the deal for uh, Otani either. And you mentioned the rainouts is frustrating. What's frustrating about the rainouts is. Yeah, in some ways, oh, it'll all even up. They'll play doubleheaders. Well, you know, it really doesn't because you, you may not get both games from your player. That he may set out a game. Plus, right. if mm-hmm. those doubleheaders come later in the season, well, you know, you may already be done by then. You may already have traded out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a dynasty or a keeper, you trade for draft picks, trade for keeper players next year. So those doubleheaders that happen in August, September may not help you. Might even get like a, a minor league call-up pitching that second game where it would push your starter from getting a start. I mean, it's it's a stretch, but, you know, it's something to think about. But, uh, yeah, so uh, when we come back, we're going to go over uh, some of the uh, injuries that have taken place uh, in uh, fantasy baseball this week. We'll talk a little Robinson Cano as well. We'll be back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update. Hey, you, over here. You want to win a DFS? And you want it for just $1? I got Daily Roto here. Now, why do you want it? Two of the guys behind it have won a million dollars. It's not just about the writers. Not one, not two, but three subscribers have won a million dollars, too. That's five millionaires. Five, count them. And it's not counting the $100,000 winners, too. They talk about it in the Slack channel. But why is it a dollar right now? Special price for the month of May. Yeah, if you don't like it, then walk away. If you love it and you're winning, keep going. Do I use it? How do you think I afford my massive tracksuit collection? Come on, look at the glitter on this. It's beautiful. You can sort your stats, add your own weights, read articles, distinguish between slates on FanDuel and DraftKings. You got to go to DailyRoto.com and enter code $1. I may just be a creepy guy in a random alley inside your head, but I know what I'm talking about. That's DailyRoto.com, code $1. That's it, one. One dollar, one month, and start winning. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. You got Joe Galina, you got George Kurtz, you got JP producing our show. And you've heard about the uh, DailyRoto.com dollar month here on the network, but I wanted to put it in context for you. Let's say that you buy a lottery ticket. You pay a dollar, pick a bunch of numbers, and that's it. You then clutch the ticket and hope. Now, let's say that you try DailyRoto.com dollar month. You pay your dollar, get access for 30 days, and you're transported into a world that has produced five millionaires. Take destiny into your own hands. Go to DailyRoto.com and enter the code $1. That's DailyRoto.com and enter the code $1. So, uh, George, uh, I alluded to uh, when we were uh, heading to commercial, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, Robinson Cano. What a week for him, right? First, uh, he uh, 
injures his hand, gets hit by a pitch. He's going to be on the DL for a while. <laughs> then all of a sudden, out of the blue, uh, comes news that uh, he's been suspended for 80 games after he failed a drug test. So, uh, I mean, were you surprised? Ah, uh, surprised. Maybe surprised, not shocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had heard rumors about this in the past. Uh, the biogenesis name was sort of connected, but mm-hmm. not directly connected. So I don't think we could be shocked about this. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about accurate. I was not surprised, yeah, but not mm-hmm. shocked. And it's also, once again, yes, he's going to miss 80 games. But he probably was going to miss 50 to 60 anyway with a hand. Right. So fantasy-wise, this is not a huge loss other than the fact that, you know, you're going to miss that extra month and you're probably going to make a uh, – you got to eat that roster spot because he's not a DL candidate now. He's suspended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So most leagues, you're not going to be able to uh, save that spot and put him on with DL, which means you probably have to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. Any uh, other immediate fantasy impact? I mean, it uh, looks like D. Gordon's going to be playing second base. He has been playing some second base again. Uh, and uh, Guillermo Heredia played uh, center field for the Mariners uh, last night. But uh, in terms of... Uh, I guess you, you you said it correctly. I mean, you, you knew you were, he was going to be out for uh, some 50-plus games because of the uh, the uh, broken hand. Yeah, I don't think it's a major fantasy application. I mean, you look at Cano's numbers. He's had four home runs, 23 ribbies, bat, was batting 287. That's nothing great. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he would have gotten better, but he was overdrafted at draft time when people mm-hmm. were, I guess, hoping for bigger things. You know, he had 23-97, batted 280 last year. I mean, he might have come close to those numbers again. That, that middle infield is, position, though, was a little, uh, little, uh, you know, lax, right? I mean, there were, I mean, it was kind of there weren't that many great options for you later on. No, see, I thought I thought second base was extremely deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, people weren't even drafting Starlin Castro, who was not a superstar, but this guy's a useful middle infielder. He's going to bat mm-hmm. once again. Going to uh, certainly get a plus average for you, and he's uh, proving Yankee Stadium. He can get some home runs. So, uh, like I said, when, when regards to Cano, I don't think it really matters anything for fantasy. If you had Cano, you're not really getting crushed here. You should be able to find someone useful on the waiver wire. Like I said, Castro's still out there. That's who I was able to pick up from the league. I lost Cano. I'll survive with him. Not a huge loss for me. Uh, D. Gordon already had second base eligibility, so you're not gonna, you know, you're not gaining anything there. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. far as Gordon going from center field to second base, I don't think it'll affect uh, it'll affect his offense any. And whoever uh, replaces uh, D. Gordon in center field or at second base for Seattle, probably long term isn't on the roster right now. They're probably going to have to make a move. You know, so once again, there's nothing to gain right now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I do wonder who uh, Seattle is going to trade for. I think they will make a deal, either for that an outfielder or a second baseman. And it's tricky because let's say you want to get a second baseman. Well, you know, Cano signed for the next three decades. So <laughs> what are you going to do when he comes back uh, in August you know, or next year? So you, uh, that's going to be a problem. You know, or do you want to get an outfielder? All right, that's probably more uh, more thinkable, but easier said than done. What do you want to give up? You know, mm-hmm. to get somebody, to get somebody useful. I mean, so I think it's going to be tricky for Seattle, but they're going to have to make a move if they want to stay. You can't just lose Cano and think, okay, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're going to have to make a move. I'm curious to see what Seattle does out of this. They've actually had a decent year. I mean, starting today, 24-19, three and a half games off the pace uh, from the Astros. So, uh, I mean, to me, the Astros are the class of the league, probably the class of, of baseball. I mean, you know, obviously you have uh, the Red Sox and, and the Yankees as well. But... Uh, you know, just the fact that uh, Seattle is holding their own is uh, fairly impressive. And you mentioned Stalin Castro. Yeah, I mean, he was a great pickup uh, in leagues late in your drafts. 
but uh, maybe because I play in 15 team leagues, but uh, you know, I found that uh, the middle infield position, just trying to replace people this year has been a little tough, but, uh, but, uh, and, and when you say that, you know, there were whispers as to, you know, what was going on with Cano, uh, Mark Teixeira, uh, came out and said, uh, you know, he kind of wasn't surprised uh, with the news, you know, as, as well. So uh, what do you think this uh, I mean, f- does for Robinson Cano's uh, potential to make the Hall of Fame? I mean, 14 seasons, 304 batting average, 305 home runs, uh, 2,417 hits. So if he continues to play for a few years, he should... Uh, get 3,000 hits, but I guess it's going to be interesting to see how the writers treat the Hall and uh, and guys that have been pinched for uh, PED use. Well, it will be interesting because right now he wouldn't get in, mm-hmm. but when he's eligible, which probably is not going to be for 10 more years because he's going right. to play five five more, that's what his contract mm-hmm. goes for, and then, uh, then he won't be eligible for five years after that. Mm-hmm. So let's just say for argument, let's say he doesn't get the 3,000 hits. Because 3,000, I'm going to love to see how these people are going to try and keep him out. But let's say he's, uh, he's short of that. You know, so then it comes down to does the, writing, does the thinking change? The old writers start to leave, you know, retire because they're up there. And the new writers come in. I think the new writers will vote these guys in. It's the mm-hmm. old writers that won't. Uh, once again, I've said this many times. I don't care about the Hall of Fame. I think a lot of it's political. A lot of it's all BS. I think there are players who should be taken out of the Hall of Fame who are not Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the Hall of Fame has gotten down to the Hall of Very Good. No, it's not the Hall of Fame anymore. It's the Hall of Very Good. So mm-hmm. it, uh, it bothers me that way. So I, it, doesn't, it never bothers me who gets in, who doesn't. I'll talk about it and debate about it till my ears bleed, but I don't mm-hmm. really care. You know, so I, I'll say that. I think uh, all these uh, older players who are, are complaining about the uh, players who did steroids are hypocrites. Greenies have been around since the 40s. Steroids have been around since the 70s. So you can't tell me that the uh, steroid users aren't already in. You can't tell me that greenies isn't performance enhancing. It's the reason you took it. Because mm-hmm. they, they kept you more awake, it would help enhance your performance. Maybe it had a different effect on the body, but it enhanced your performance. Same thing. So you, you're never going to be able to convince me. That's why you know all these older guys who complain about these guys, uh, you know, how they play today. You know, give me a break. You know, you guys are doing the same crap. Everyone's been trying to get an advantage forever. So uh, for me personally, I had I have no problem putting the guys like Bonds, Clemens, and and, and just what they. Uh, if you want to put something. You know, from the 1990s when steroids became prolific, these guys, da, 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 da. you want to put something like that, you know, in, in their own wing? I don't have an issue with that, if mm-hmm. you want to explain it that way. It doesn't bother me at all. But not to have the greatest hitter in Bonds or one of the greatest hitters, one of the greatest pitchers in Clemens, to me, that's kind of a joke. You know, mm-hmm. I have no problem keeping keeping Pete Rose out. What he did is something completely different. You know, then, but these guys, like I, said, I think cheating's been going on in baseball for a long time. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. You know, with Cano getting caught, you know, there are chemists all over the place who are getting paid silly money to come up with ways to, you know, mask this stuff so that baseball can't detect it, or other sports for that matter as well. It's going on. I don't, it may not be as prevalent as it once was, but it's still up there with these guys doing it. So to answer your question, though, I think, uh, you know, when I think of Cano, and this, uh, this is regardless of the stories, I don't, like I said, I don't, this doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I, I, he keeps coming with the Hall of Very Good. Every time I think of it, it's Hall of Very Good, not Hall of Fame. And you throw that in also with the steroids thing. I, I think if he doesn't get one of those magic numbers, which in his case can be 3,000 hits, if he doesn't get that, and I don't think he will, I'm going to say no, he doesn't get in. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I think eventually, like, I think eventually, it, 
and like you mentioned, that he probably won't be eligible for another 10 years. Uh, kind of alluded to it in a way. I mean, eventually they're going to have to let these guys in. Like uh, or you mentioned, you know, let him get his 3,000 hits and let us see them uh, not put him in. Well, I mean, you have guys that have, you know, like a Rafael Pimero. <laughs> but he might be a bad example because he kind of, you know, incriminated himself, right? You know, uh, wouldn't answer. Uh, yeah, any wagging the finger. I was so didn't answer the questions. Uh, Primero yeah. had to, did the wagging the finger. Said yeah, I didn't yeah. do it. Da 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 da. Right, right. right. Yeah, listen, they they all, uh, all they all deny it. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Justin Verlander. He once again he had another hypocritical tweet. It was funny at first. You know, uh, when he said uh, after Cano got suspended, Verlander tweeted out. Uh, and the excuse is coming in three, two, one. And of course, he's right about that. But yeah. you look in Verlander, you look at his Twitter oh uh, history, yeah. and you find out he supported Peralta when he was his teammate. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's hypocritical. It's my teammate. Oh, he just made a mistake. You know, everyone's allowed to make a mistake. It's someone else. It's a, uh, you know, when's the excuse coming? So that that kind of annoyed me. Yeah, I saw that from Verlander. I'm almost like, hey, you know. Guys that live in glass houses shouldn't, uh, you know, exactly. tweet out like that because you know there's been some rumors about him as well that all of a sudden you know he gets to uh, play for the Astros and he turns back the clock you know ten years, so you know who knows you don't want to accuse anyone but uh, who knows what's going I, on. Yeah, I think with Verlander he just got healthy. He was uh, he was beat up at the uh, the core injury with the uh, Houston uh, with Detroit. Mm-hmm. I, I listen. I always want to give the players the benefit of the doubt. I truly do. Yeah, but I think with Verlander, I don't think he is. I do believe it was more injury related than anything else, and maybe also just getting the hell out of Detroit, mm-hmm. which is you know bad team getting revived going to uh, Houston. Uh, you said it earlier. In my mind, they are the class of baseball. I know mm-hmm. they're not playing very well so far right. this season, but uh, I think once they turn it on, they're going to run away with that division and maybe run away with the American League. But uh, in Verlander's case, I like the. It's what I didn't like the tweet. Like I said, I thought it was hypocritical. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't associate him with that. I think he's, he's just healthy and uh, revived playing for the Astros. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that you know we say that they're not playing that well, but they're twelve games over five hundred. <laughs> you know, I guess they spoiled this last year. We just expected them to totally run away with the division. Yeah, well, but, they did. Uh, yeah, they had Garrett yeah. Cole as well, who's pitched fantastic. I mean, you got Cole Verlander, uh, Charlie Morton, uh, Dallas Keuchel, Lance McCullers. I mean, that damn. I mean, damn. And we know yeah. the team can hit. So uh, I'm surprised they're not 40 games over 500. Right? I'm surprised. I'm surprised everybody beats them on a day-to-day basis. So uh, I think, like I said, I think they're, uh, I think their arrows pointing up, Joe. And I think mm-hmm. they're, I think they are the teams. Oh beat. yeah. I don't think it's, I don't mm-hmm. think it's the Yankees. I don't think it's the Red Sox or Cleveland. Mm-hmm. The next three teams in my mind that are uh, good in the American League. Actually, the only other three teams that are good in the American League. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Astros, in my mind, are clearly the team to beat. You mentioned Garrett Cole, and you mentioned Verlander. Verlander might not be a good example of this, but uh, just in general, since we're you know we're a quarter into the season, um, it might be too early to start thinking you know too much into the future. But do you think you're starting to see a shift in you know the the starting pitching in terms of like the top tiers? I mean, you know, this year I mean we we still had you know uh, Scherzer. And Kershaw and, and Sale, but do we start to see guys like Cole starting to to push their way in, like a, a, a the Yankee starting pitcher, um, their ace Severino? Severino, yeah, I couldn't think of his name, but yeah, do these guys start to to be push themselves into the conversation as like a top you know tier starting pitcher? I think we see this uh, year in year out. 
mm-hmm. you know, guys uh, sort of come in, guys sort of come out. I, I was high on Cole. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the most frustrating moments uh, in, in draft season for me is I, I think I had grabbed Cole in every, literally in every league because mm-hmm. he wasn't in anyone's top 20 rankings. And that was good for me because I was keying on him and I was able to grab him uh, probably a round or two earlier, but I wanted him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted Cole because I thought going to Houston where he wouldn't be the number one guy, uh, he'd relax and pitch very well. And I, I thought at the very least, you know, W's are coming because I expected Houston to win 150 games. So uh, <laughs> I wanted Cole. And uh, so I'm in my home league. And uh, I think I don't know what round it is. Round, let's say round three, round four. And uh, I think there was four starting pitchers I wanted. And uh, I, I had the fifth pick. And ding by ding by ding, they all go. But Cole's mm-hmm. left. You know, and, he, and there's one guy picking before me. And if you look at the rankings, you know, you're basically, let's say, using ESPN rankings. Cole mm-hmm. was like 22. The four pitches that went were like 8, 9, 10, 11. It's like, oh, I'm fine. I'll get Cole. You know, and there's no way this guy in front of me is going to take Cole, who's 10 spots down on the rankings. I don't know what ranking he was using, but on average, it was probably about the same. And then mm-hmm. he picked Cole. He took, and I was, I was just livid at the, it's, it's rare I get on like, but I was, I was just mad that four or five starting pitches went in a row that I would have taken. And mm-hmm. now I couldn't get the guy I wanted, and uh, it's on you. Like I said, I usually I don't get upset about that, but I was I was pissed. I was not mm-hmm. happy about losing, especially Garrett that Cole he's here. pitching uh, lights out too, as well. All right. Well, I didn't know that at the time, but I expected him. To. I know, I, I know, I, I know. But we, you, you projected him to have, and uh, you were correct, right? One point seven five. So far, ERA. yeah. So far, so good. Five seven K per nine. Um, well, so damn so, you, uh, Frank Mulvey. I'm mad at you. <laughs> so let's go over, uh, you write the uh, closer report, right? And then uh, we'll get into some of the injuries. What uh, are we seeing here in terms of, uh, you know, we were talking about the Blue Jays last last week. Has there been any clarity as to the uh, closer situation there? No, there really hasn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they did place uh, a sooner on the uh, administrative leave for another week. I think 21st mm-hmm. is now when he's eligible to come off, which is, what is that, Monday? So he's eligible to come off Monday. Oh, I don't mean That doesn't mean he will. Mm-hmm. This means the next time he's eligible to come off, who knows what's going to come out of this. I imagine he gets suspended. At some mm-hmm. point, he could come back for a month then and then be suspended. Manfred gets suspended pretty much at any time. He has the same power as Goodell. He does not need to wait for the, you know, the court system uh, to run its course there. You know, if he uh, feels the evidence is there, he can suspend. He can suspend them. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what's going to happen with those sooner there. If I had to pick somebody there now, Joe, I mean, it's sort of a mess. I mean, is, is it Tyler Clippard? Is he the guy you want? I mean, ew, yay, uh, Clippard. Really, he's a veteran reliever. So I guess they might feel comfortable there, but I don't see him doing any huge things there. He uh, mm-hmm. did have the one save chance, but they haven't had a whole bunch of save chances since. So right, he just may have been right. the only reliever available that day. Could be end up being Tapera, Swanho. I mean, once again, bottom line is if you're forcing me, Joe, I will take him. I'll take Clipper, but I'm not going to be happy about it at all. Uh, other news, uh, Britain should be back within a couple of weeks for Baltimore. So uh, Brad Brock uh, uh, is on his last legs there, which is, once again, not surprising at all. Mm-hmm, Andrew mm-hmm. Miller returned for Cleveland, but he's been awful. Maybe he should have been out a little longer. That Cleveland bullpen right now is really a uh, dumpster fire. They have some issues there. Ken Giles uh, got the save last night. Wasn't pretty. It was not pretty. He put the time runners on uh, time run at the plate again. Uh, for Houston, but right now he is the closer there. The Angels are also a mess. You know, now that Middleton's likely gone for the year, uh, I believe he's at UCL, Tommy John surgery coming. Uh, it won't be Bedrosian. You know, is it Justin Anderson? You know, but they haven't won a game since, so we don't know that. 
you know, trying to trust Mike Sosha, not a good thing there. Could be Jim Johnson, could be Blake Parker. Once again, if I had to bet, fine, I'll go with Anderson. But I'm not spending mm-hmm. a lot of fab money there. Uh, Milwaukee, it should be Corey Knievel. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, just let him work back in there. He's the guy I want there, so I think that's the guy you want. Philadelphia is also sort of a mess. Hector Neris not pitching all that great. Uh, Ramos got a chance. Sir Anthony Dominguez they really like there. I'll stick with Neris for now, but that could be coming to an end. Norris is the guy I want in St. Louis with the same situation. I expect Holland to get a chance before long. Melanson coming back within the next two weeks, but Strickland's the guy you want now. I don't think Melanson should get the, uh, the job back, but I'm not so sure that San Francisco feels the same way. Melanson is the one making the big money. There you go. Couldn't get much better than that. A close report from Mr. George Crush. We'll be back with more Fantasy Baseball Talk on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. Joe Galina. And George Kurtz hanging out with you on a Saturday. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. And George, there was another trade I made uh, this week. And uh, it was something I had been working on last week, but it finally, you know, we both came to an agreement. Uh, I traded away Brandon Morrow and Jacoby Jones, Jones uh, from the Tigers. And I got back uh, Eddie Rosario and Marcus Simeon. Ooh, ooh, okay. I'm surprised you. I'm surprised you got back so much. You could make an argument that Rosario was enough. And you got mm. sort of semi has a nice little throw in there. Yeah, I uh, mm-hmm. I like this deal much much better for you. I don't care about Jacoby mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, this is a, a throw in that no one really cares yeah. about. An extra. Uh, I mean, and and not so much. Leonardo Martin came back last night, so he mm-hmm. might lose some playing time there. Uh, I like Rosario a lot. I'm a fan. You know, I give you some mm-hmm. pop there. Semyon, yeah, sure. I mean, maybe he can't catch the ball, but we don't really care about that in fantasy. He's a useful middle infielder, maybe even a starting shortstop uh, for some teams there. I like this deal for you a whole bunch, assuming you can survive the save hit with Morrow. Uh, except in a vacuum, I would rule this a win for you. Yeah, I'm like top three in saves, and I still have uh, Diaz, Edwin Diaz from uh, the Mariners, and uh, we'll, we'll work something out. But uh, yeah, I needed some pop. I needed some some offense, and and both Rosario and Simeon they could hit the ball out, but also they could steal a base or two. Yeah, I said this, this is a win. Uh, this is a yeah. definite win for you. I don't think you lost much. I mean, listen, you lose a closer. That's always a loss. And uh, mm-hmm. but you can find there'll be more closers. Yeah, yes, exactly. Say it every year, man. Uh, yeah. When I do this uh, closer report in uh, March, the first one of uh, these 30 closers, half won't have the job for various reasons. Mm-hmm. 
poor performance, right. injury, they just suck, uh, manager uh, panics, whatever it is. They won't have the job by the All-Star break, if not earlier. And we're seeing that again this year. Closes the, it's the most volatile position in my mind in sports. You, know, you mm-hmm. blow a couple games of a night thing, the fans get on you, the media gets on you, ownership's getting on you. And it sort of forced the manager to find somebody else. It's not an easy position. Uh, I know Scott Engel and Corey Parson had this discussion uh, probably a few years ago on, uh, I think, Old School Fantasy. And uh, they were discussing how, you know, not everyone's built to be a closer. And I agree. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset, man. It's not all these guys pitching the eighth inning and pitching the ninth inning are two different animals. They just are. So uh, that's why, in my mind, like I said, you could find saves. You may have to search for it, but you can find saves. Finding power, finding speed is a little more difficult. I agree with you and uh, about the uh, the mental aspect of being a closer as well because sometimes you even notice, let's say if a closer is brought into a game just to get some extra work and it's not a, uh, you know, the game isn't on the line, it affects the way they pitch. You know, sometimes they don't pitch as effectively. And you're right, on the other hand, too, is some uh, guys will crumble under the pressure as well so you're right I, I, th- I think there is a, a mental aspect to being a closer and we, we mentioned this last week in terms of I just hope that the closer position doesn't end up becoming you know like a, a by committee issue <laughs> which it seems that that's the way it's kind of moving at least as one example uh, that we talked about just a couple minutes ago with the uh, with the Blue Jays there are a few things more frustrating than th- two things you just mentioned one is your closer coming in to get some work, and he gets wrecked. Now, granted, yeah. in a season-long league, this doesn't really mean much because, uh, you know, a couple of runs here or there, you're going to be okay. But in a head-to-head league, you know, when you see that, oh, you know, closer hasn't pitched in four days, manager brings him in, now he gives up, you know, three runs and two-thirds of an inning. That'll drive you insane. That'll mm-hmm. just drive you insane. Uh, I understand why managers do it. you got to get the guy some work there. But it'll, I, I really blame this more on the closer where he's just not, yeah, he's not focused. You know, maybe the extra adrenaline's not there because it's not a save, but uh, actually there's, there's few things more uh, more frustrating uh, than when that happens. And the old committee, that, that'll drive you just as insane. You mm-hmm. know, what social likes to do in Los Angeles where you, you just don't know. You know, each day, uh, I firmly believe, and I think I, you and I may have discussed this last week or on another show, uh, that the right thing to do is really for the manager to go by committee. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes the games really needs to be saved in the seventh inning. That's where it's bases loaded, mm-hmm, one out, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, the left hand it comes up, you put Chapman in there. That's where you want the game to be saved. By the time the right. ninth inning comes up, you already have a three-run lead. You're facing the seventh, eighth, and ninth guys in the batting order. It doesn't mean anything. You know, right. your average reliever can get out of that without giving out three runs. So I get it. But, you know, all the, uh, they, it's all because the agents will be all over the place. Because what are they getting paid for? They're getting paid for saves. You know, and the saves, that's the, the category they got hit. You're not getting that in the seventh inning. Even holds really hasn't take, uh, taken a big foothold yet. It might at some point in the future, where a hold is uh, maybe just as important as a save or close to it. But, uh, you know, and these players, oh, you know, we're creatures of habit. I need to know when to warm up, when to start stretching, and all this other garbage. You know, so uh, even though it's probably the right thing to do as far as winning the game, uh, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. We've seen some managers hint at it. You know, Mickey Calloway for the Mets hinted at it, but didn't follow through. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this in the past. They all hint at it. But unless you don't, like, if you don't have a pure... Closer, you know, the K, uh, Craig Kimball, uh, you know, Kelly Jansen, Chapman, Chapman yeah. types, you know, you know, those guys are never coming in the seventh inning. It's just not mm-hmm. maybe in the World Series or the playoffs. You could possibly see it then. But in the regular season games, that's not going to happen. Mm. Um, let me just uh, 
switch gears a little bit. Uh, what do you think about uh, Joey Votto blowing up this week? Uh, we talk about frustration. I mean, uh, the man's Canadian. <laughs> well, he had two, understand two balls, that. Right? right, right. First, he's given uh, grief to, to James Paxton, right? He says, no big deal that a Canadian pitched a no-hitter on Canadian soil, right? Then he had to apologize for that. But I think it, maybe the day before or maybe in the same interview, you know, he was to say that uh, he can't basically paraphrasing that this is the worst start that he's ever been involved in for the Reds. Reds are uh, third, if you go by winning percentage, third worst team in uh, baseball. But you got to feel for this guy because, you know, I watched an interview with him uh, in preseason about how he talked about hitting, and it was so evident how passionate he was about hitting. Like, uh, guys could be interviewed and they'll, you know, they'll, put a, a sentence or two together but this guy you know spent like maybe five minutes on the uh the mlb network just describing you know a hitting philosophy so it's got to kill this guy that uh the reds are just you know suck uh, yeah yeah i have no problem with him criticizing the reds none that's listen i get it the team's terrible year after year after year you don't see the improvements you don't see the minor league guys coming up uh you just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel i get it you know, the Canadian thing, I'm just going to uh, put up the frustration, <laughs> you know, where he was just frustrated because right. of what's going on, because that, that made no sense to me. You know, even if he's trying to say that, hey, we're not different, you know, Canadian ballplayers aren't different than American ballplayers or Latin American, whatever it is. Even if that's what he's really trying to say by saying it's not a big deal, you know, he, uh, he, he no hit is a no hit no matter where you throw it. If that's what he's, mm-hmm. I think that's what he's trying to really get at there. I think mainly it's the frustration of the Cincinnati Reds and what's going on there. Not that I feel bad for him. You know, it's going to make it a gazillion dollars. I understand True. you want to play for a winner. You'd like to see the organization, you know, do something. You know, I, I get it. And I don't blame him. I, said, I don't blame him at all for being frustrated. None. Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for him, but I don't, I don't blame him. The Canadian thing, though, was like, uh, first thing I think of, like, wait, 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 wait. Vado's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Why is he? Does he not like Paxton? Do they have a past? Can't see that. One's one's in Seattle, one's in Cincinnati. So I don't think that's an issue. I I just choked up to some frustration, and uh, I think he has some regret now that he said that. And once again, it's a thing. All you have to say is, "Hey, I'm happy for him. Happy for the country." Next question. <laughs> right. I exactly. mean, rather than going a little tirade there. So I think it's just frustration. Uh, I mean, you, you know, look at this Reds roster, had. right? Jesse Winker still hasn't had a home run yet. I mean, and he was kind of like one of their top outfield prospects. You know, he's part of the uh, the rotation with uh, Scott Shebler, Adam Duvall, and uh, Billy Hamilton. I mean, you know, they've got a they've got a lot of work ahead of them. This team. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not wor- so worried. Yeah, so much worried about them on offense. Their pitching staff has got some issues. Uh, Castillo's sure. taking yeah, a step Castillo. back. Even Castillo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, he's taking a step back, and that's an issue. And everybody after that, I mean, is like, oh, boy, you know, uh, where's the pitching coming from? And you're playing in a very small ballpark where the ball flies out of there. You know, Tyler Maley, Homer, Homer Bailey, the very apropos named. Uh, Sal yeah. Romano, Matt Harvey. I mean, I don't, I don't mind him taking a shot at Harvey. You know, see what happens there. If, he, uh, if it works out, you can trade him at the deadline. But yeah, that's what pitching? they kind of mentioned is that they yeah. kind of hoping that maybe he'll pitch well and they could dangle him to someone. Uh, you look at their minor league system. You help. got Hunter Green, Tony well, uh, Nick, Santillian. Nick Senzel now. He's, he's got the vertigo That's issue. offense, though. Uh, I'm not worried about the offense. Yeah. They'll, they'll hit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But where's the pitching coming from? Senzel is a right. concern. You mentioned now he's got vertigo, which is uh, – you know, you never know. We've seen that. Uh, you know, you think about Nick Asaski back in the day; he couldn't overcome that. So uh, you hope they get that under control there with Senzel. Uh, I said the this is listen. This is going to be a bad organization for a few years yet. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the injuries uh, that uh, our listeners are dealing with. Paul DeJong, uh, shortstop for the Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If I ever have stumble, you got to help me out here. I have in a uh-huh. few leagues. I'm well-versed yeah. in Paul DeJong. I love the yeah. fact that he fractured his pinky. Thanks a lot, Paul. <laughs> well, supposedly now uh, Jed Jerko and, uh, is going to be the uh, starting shortstop in his absence. So, yeah, in a 12-team league, Jerko might even be there for you on the uh, waiver wire. He's an iffy. You know, he, could, he could be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's fine as a hitter. I'll take Jerko oh, yeah. if he's there. Mm-hmm. I think he's St. Louis guy. Probably- Nando Defino's guy, right? He is. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be very happy with his defense. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's going to be a issue. Remember, this is not a, uh, a short-term injury for the John. Mm-hmm. This is three months. Yeah, and you Matt think Carpenter about moving to third base. Now, he's a guy I was surprised in a 12-team. I know he's been horrible this year, betting like something uh, Awful. in the 180s or whatnot. Uh, I don't, I don't even think it's that. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it uh, looks like he's going to be moving over to third base. Uh, and uh, Jose Martinez just slide him over to first base, playing him every day now. Yeah, I mean, Matt Carpenter, I wrote about him in five up, five down this week, and he wasn't in the up column. Uh, he was in the down <laughs> column. Uh, he had three hits last night to raise his average, raise his average to a robust 173. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's still uh, on the interstate there, and that's never a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. He just came out of a four for 48 slump. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. About uh, how he's uh, falling off the uh, the wagon here. Thirty two. He's only thirty two, so he's not like thirty eight. You know, he had uh, what twenty three bombs last year, twenty one the year before, twenty eight. So the home runs have been there, but this year only three. He's not driving any runs. I think it's got to no be speed. an underlying issue with the the back, the shoulder. I mean, you know, he was dealing with that in preseason, and uh, maybe that's. I mean, you and I as Yankee fans, you know, we we know what uh, a back issue did to a guy like Don Mattingly. Maybe maybe that's it. Could it be? Yeah, I think it's something. I mean, with an I'm injury, looking. Yes. Yeah, his peripherals generally the same, right? I mean, you know, I, I do see he's maybe a little bit too aggressive, swinging at more stuff outside of the strike zone. Uh, but it could could be just like an underlying uh, injury issue with him. It is, but you know, it's also you know everything's down, contact rates mm-hmm. down, walk to call strikeout ratios down. You know, mm-hmm. strikeout rate is obviously up. Walk rate down. His BABIP is well, well under his career. His BABIP mm-hmm. coming into last night was 208. I think it's at 226 now. So mm-hmm. there's, uh, if you're an optimist, there's a lot of room for improvement. Throughout his career, yeah. you know, before last year, it was always in the 300s. So therefore, you think there's a lot of improvement coming. Last year was at 274. So mm-hmm. uh, I say if you're an optimist, fine. I'm probably not going for it because I'm leaning more towards you. I think there is an underlying concern with an injury. Back, mm-hmm. neck, short, whatever it might be, or a combination of all of them. Sure. You know, so I, I just mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, like I said, if he's on the waiver wire, fine. I'll pick him up as a reserve, see what happens here. You know, first, third base yeah. eligibility, that's nice. Maybe even second base eligibility in some leagues. But uh, I'm not paying for him. You know, if you look, if he's over a trade here, I'm not paying anywhere near full price. If someone wants to give him away, sure. I'll take a shot, but I'm not giving up anything of value. Uh, last week we were talking about the uh, Arizona Dynam- Diamondbacks and uh, AJ Pollock basically was on his way to having an MVP type season. Uh, 293 batting average, 11 homers, the nine steals, uh, avulsion fracture in his left thumb. He's going to be out four to eight weeks. I hate to say it, but he's just one of these guys that you know just injuries just seem to f- to, to find him. I mean, you know, obviously. So- 
part of it, as I guess, is his aggressive play. But uh, uh, he's going to be out up to eight weeks. I mean, uh, Jared Dyson now is a guy you're going to be looking at. Uh, you know, he's probably owned in a lot of leagues, even though he's just batting, I think, 187. But those six deals, you know, everyone is stolen base starved. But uh, would you pick up a Jared Dyson if he's available? Eh, only if I really need steals. Uh, not mm-hmm. somebody who I believe is going to do much. You know, he's going to be playing every day, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Oh, I'm not sure <laughs> that's a good thing for you. Uh, it's gonna, he's he's going to hit. Worse, he's right? going to hit on your average. I mean, once again, you got to take a hit there. So you got to make sure it's okay. Steven Souza is also having an MRI today. He got hurt last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait to see how bad he is. As for Pollock, listen, I'm going to take the blame here. All right, this is my fault. I fully admit it. Uh, last week during Mother's Day. You know, that's when the Robinson Cano injury happened, before we knew about the mm-hmm. suspension. And uh, my brother is all over me. You know, oh, it's a shame he's hurt. Oh, it's a shame he broke his hand. Oh, you don't have a backup on you. I'm, I'm hearing all this from my brother. So first thing I look at look at his roster, I know I know he has Pollock. I go, that's it, I'm taking out Pollock. Uh, you know, and I, I meant that as a joke. Obviously, the next day he gets right. hurt. And my brother, once again, he's right, sending right. me so many texts with so many four-letter words in there. So, uh, yes, it's my fault that Pollock got hurt. Now, as you mentioned, there are certain guys who – are just injury prone. I understand a lot of these injuries are the unlucky kind. You know, mm-hmm. last year we were starting at the home plate, and this year we diving for a ball in the outfield. But there are just certain guys that yeah, they're going to get hurt year in, year out. You know, the most mm-hmm. important ability is availability, and he doesn't usually have it. He's going to get hurt at some point. And I hate hand, thumb, wrist injuries to baseball players because even when they're well enough to play, do they still have that same power in the, uh, that injury? Yeah. Same grip? Mm-hmm. Same? Uh, can they still whip the bat around with the same velocity? You have to worry about all of this. Listen, there's nothing you can, you can do if you're a pollock owner. What are you gonna, you're not going to trade him now. But I wonder if this is an injury he's dealing with all season and that truly doesn't heal until next year. Right. Uh, they got a little good news the Diamondbacks did. Uh, Jake Lamb uh, was in the starting lineup last night. Uh, wonder what uh, his offensive numbers are going to be like we've already seen uh some guys on that team be affected by the Ubador, right i mean and also he's uh batting 156 against lefties for his career but in a season long league could could you survive uh a guy like that that uh, can't hit lefties i mean there are more righties than lefties that he's facing right there are more righties than lefties so <laughs> yes you'll get he's gonna see a lot of left handers out of the bullpen though you know that's <laughs> right. coming you know, yes. 156, that, that's horrendous. Uh, that mm-hmm. almost tells you you need a caddy. You're going to need a right-handed uh, hitting third baseman. But, yes, he's back. That'll be a help to fans' teams. The power's legit. Uh, the humidor uh, is having its effect there, especially on Paul yeah. Goldschmidt, who right now yeah. has got uh, the big B-U-S-T uh, label right on his forehead there. He's been, been I mean, he's just been terrible. But, uh, yeah, if you're a lamb owner, you're happy to get him back in. Are you trading for a Goldschmidt? Is he a yeah, buy-low think- candidate? I, th- I think he. I think, I think he's so. a buy low candidate. Uh, I'll, I'll take a shot. Primo I'll, I'll die with Goldschmidt. To the top, right? Uh, he's a guy I'll die with. You know, I'll trade mm-hmm. for him. Doesn't work out. Fine. I made the right move. Sometimes it doesn't work out. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll take my chances. I just have a feeling that just you know he could put together a, a few weeks where he could just carry a team. You know, where it just clicks. He I mean, can't be any like, worse than he is now. Exactly right. I mean, yeah, too young to have just totally lost it. But uh, hey, when we come back. Let's uh, talk a little fantasy uh, football. We'll be talking to the Browns, some teams in the AFC East, ADPs. We'll be back. 